are now locked in and listening to The Issue. This guy is a franchise quarterback, and no, I don't want to hear any pushback on that. It, it feels like a top 10 roster to me. It feels like it can win a championship. This is The Issue. Yo, what's up? We are back. It is The Issue. We got Thursday, October 12th, and another episode here for you today. A lot to talk about, a lot of NFL. I mean, kind of the same story. It's going to be the same story for the next, I guess, 12 weeks. We are going into week six of the NFL season now, so we will be able to do the predictions, bets on a budget for you for week six. Everything's looking pretty good. Yes, we had a little bit of a slight step back in bets this week, but we are still over the sharp line. We're right at 56%, uh, so we're still looking pretty good on the season. Predictions feel good. I've been rolling. I am now up 3-2, so that feels good as well. Even though you lead in total picks, um, you know, it's been been a good year nevertheless. That's because I have the worst luck ever, so... It's going great. It's going great. (laughs) This show is going to be a good one, though. We're going to start with Tim's rant on Dak and the Cowboys. I'm pretty sure the entire nation saw what happened to them this weekend and what the 49ers did on Sunday Night Football. That was absolutely insane, and and we've always said it. Dak isn't that guy, and the 49ers aren't that team that's built to win in that spot. And and it was very evident this Sunday. Uh, It feels good to be right about that, so we're going to start the show with that. Hits and misses will follow to end the first segment, and then in the second segment we will have our week six predictions week six bets on a budget and then into the third a little bit of the news and the game of the week at the very end of the show there to round things out but it should be a pretty good one we're excited that you are here however you're joining us youtube spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, amazon music amazon prime video and of course iheart radio and the iheart radio app we appreciate it however you're watching or listening it's the issue you guys know I'm not a Dak guy. Um, I'll start with that. I everyone wants to tell me he's top ten. I, I've always argued he's closer to fifteen than he is ten. Um, I just don't. There's there's no special to Dak except for him at the podium. He's a good leader. Which hey, I'm not saying that that's not valuable. I'd pay Dak to be my franchise quarterback. It just depends on what I'm paying him. They pay him too much. There's too many expectations. That's you know that's not where he's meant to thrive. You put Dak in. Jacksonville making $35 million? Sure. I'm saying I would take him over Trevor Lawrence, but you get my point, a smaller market. I, I mean, Dak gets more publicity than he actually has success. We do understand that, right? I mean, he's what, two playoff two playoff wins? Like two and four in the playoffs? I mean, just look at playoff teams, excluding the actual playoffs themselves. Let's go look at, look at regular season games since he's had Mike McCarthy. So let's go since 2021. Let's not even count the COVID year. That was wild. Let's go 2021, 2022. And then so far this year, he's played in 13 games against playoff teams. He's 4-9. and nine. He's 4-9. and nine. I, I, I mean, he completes a little bit over 60%, like 63% of his throws. I, I mean, 93 pass rating, 25 touchdowns, 16 picks. Super average. He's, he's Kirk Cousins. He's Mac, you know, Matt, not Mac Jones, Matt Ryan. Um, he's, he's Derek Carr. But, he's, but people want to tell me he's top 10. Uh, if you want to see what a top 10 quarterback looks like, you want to see what, what somebody does in a big game against a big playoff team in a rivalry standalone game at home, look at Brock Purdy. Look at Brock. Completes 71% of his throws, four touchdowns, no picks, 144 QBR. 144. It's not all about Dak, though. It's just that just, it's a microcosm of what the Cowboys are. 
And let's be fair, he had a severe coaching disadvantage. Do you know who led the 49ers in rushing on Sunday night? Somebody by the name of, yes, I had to look him up, Jordan Mason. I have no idea who that is. I have, I, I have no idea who Jordan Mason even is. Somebody named, let's see, let's let's get this right. T- Tyrion Davis-Price had six carries. That That's a coaching disadvantage. That's how you know that Shanahan is significantly better than Mike McCarthy. It's, it's not even close. It's really not even close. You have Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, and Jordan Mason led them in rushing. And Brock Purdy, the last guy picked. Four touchdowns, no picks. That That's coaching. You want to see coaching? That's it right there. So it's not all on Dak. Um, but we consider and we consider him point point blame. But it's it's what do you do, right? Like we consider and and what's the problem? He's the problem. No, he's the problem. What's the solution, right? What's the solution to the problem? How do the Cowboys move forward? Because they're not the best team in their own division. The Eagles are significantly better. The Eagles haven't even played their best game yet. And they're five and zero. They haven't even played a, an A game. They, they, their best game has been a B plus game. They're five and zero. So they're not even close to being the best team in their own division. I mean. They're, they're certainly not the Niners. We saw that. Are they even the Lions right now in the NFC? Are they the Saints? I, I, I'm not. I, I think the Saints, they're iffy. But I saw them wax, you know, New England. And I know that the you know the Cowboys also wax. Like, are they even a top three team in the NFC? Personally, I don't think so. I would take the Niners. I would take Philly. And I would probably take Detroit. I would take them over New Orleans. But it's they're closer to New Orleans than they are to San Francisco. Just let that say. New Orleans here, San Francisco here. Dallas is closer to New Orleans than they are San Francisco. It's not that much of an argument. So now what's the solution? The solution is not to fire Mike McCarthy midseason. I'm not saying that's the solution. Uh, you're not going to go get a new OC. You're not, you're not trading Dak midseason. So there's probably not a good solution this season. They're going to make the playoffs. Let's not overreact. They're going to make the playoffs. They're not going to host a game. They'll probably go on the road and, I don't know, they'll be like the four seed. They'll go wax the five. I don't know who's going to get in as the five. The Atlanta, you know, uh, Seattle. They'll, they'll probably beat those teams. So they'll probably get in. They'll probably win a playoff game on the road, just like they did with the eight and nine bucks last year. Eight, they barely got in. They beat the eight and nine bucks because they'll be the five. They'll go beat the worst. They'll beat the four seed, you know, the, the worst division winner. So maybe the Saints. And then... You know, then they'll go on the road against a real team, and, and they'll get boat raced, and we'll be like, it'll, it'll be in the same spot that they have been for the last three or four years. So the solution this year, I don't know. I don't have it. I don't have a solution this year. Solution long-term, draft a quarterback. So you gotta, you got to draft a quarterback. Where where are you getting the money? Tony Pollard's going to need paid, and maybe you don't pay him. He's a running back. That's fine. C.D. Lamb's going to need paid. You, you have to pay him. Micah Parsons is going to need paid. Trayvon Diggs got his deal, but doesn't even kick in until, like, next year. Right, so he's going to start getting paid. Where are you getting the money if Dak's making fifty million? You're not getting it anywhere. And if he's not the solution, then he's part of the problem. And so what you do? You're a huge brand. You can go get anybody. Go draft a quarterback first round. Right. If you lose in the second round, you're going to be drafting somewhere you know mid twenties. Okay. All right. You got plenty of D linemen. Package a D lineman and two firsts. Move up to eleven. And go take, I don't know, Drake May. Or, or wait till J.J. McCarthy or Sam Harper or somebody falls to you. Okay? Restart. 
Now you have a ton of cap space. Get rid of McCarthy. You're telling me Lincoln Riley wouldn't pick up the phone? You tell me he wouldn't pick up the phone? I'm not saying he takes it. He's not picking up the phone? Oh, he's going to pick up the phone. Kalen DeBoer in Washington is not picking up the phone? There are plenty of young coordinators, young head coaches in college football that you can make a call to and say, hey, we have a young quarterback. We have a dynamic core. What can you do? And I'm telling you, it's a better solution than Dak and and Mike McCarthy. I've seen it. It's not going to work. To me, they feel exactly like the Vikings for the last, what, four years of Kirk Cousins. They're good. You can get in the playoffs, maybe win a playoff game if everything goes right. That's about it. That's about it. So the solution this year, I don't know. I don't know. Cross your fingers. Hope you go. Hope you make it as the five. Go beat the doors off New Orleans and then lose to some real team. And then from there, I don't know. There's an argument that the best solution this year is to absolutely nosedive. So then Jerry Jones can be like, oh, this is really not going to work. Because there's a chance that they just keep winning and Jerry Jones just says, you know what? We're good with this. No, you're not. You're not good with this. You're not good with this at all. After this year, don't do it midseason. After this year, I, I, I think it's time to clean up. So I think you get rid of Dak. You could get something for Dak. You could get a third, maybe even a second for Dak. 100%. You could probably get two seconds for Dak. Go get two seconds. Go get a new coach. Go get a young quarterback. Spend a bunch of money because you're going to have a bunch of cap space. Go sign CeeDee Lamb. Resign Tony Pollard. Get some offensive linemen. I. That's what you got to do, because this this clearly is not working. You're light years behind the best team in your conference, not even the, in the league in your conference. So, a couple things came to mind. Uh, one, the conversation that we had last week, I think about the Dolphins. Dallas is in this spot right now where they're not exactly bad enough to like warrant a total change and like start of. Now, I think they need it, but like they're good enough where. The owner and the fan base—they can all look at it and be like, and "This be isn't like, a rebuild. It's, it's good enough. It's, yeah. it's not. It's okay." Uh, and the glaring issues don't exactly always shine through like they did this week. I mean, come on, big game, Sunday night football—you're going to throw three interceptions. That's what you're going to do. Uh, so that didn't look great. Another thing—you were talking about getting a new offensive coordinator. You know who would probably be great. Uh, or not uh, maybe a new OC, but even a head coach uh, transformed from an offensive coordinator, Brian Dayball. Right? Yeah, I mean... He would have pieces in Dallas. Interesting. The, the problem is you would have to trade the Giants a first-round pick to yeah. get him because he's and, under contract. So and, even if, if he, like, resigns, you could hope he gets fired. But if, if if the Giants fire him, they're the dumbest organization ever. Well, you could do... You could go full Colin Coward on him. Just Brian Dayball resign, step away. Go move down to Dallas. You to, again, down you'd have to give. You'd it would have be to, interesting. You have to give the Giants a first round pick, and they're not going to do it. No, it'd yeah. be interesting though. Yeah, it's interesting. Would it not? Yeah. I mean, they need to do something, and they need to make a splash somehow because McCarthy's think, obviously not the guy. I think Dable would do it, but I think Dable. If I was Brian Dable, I wouldn't do it personally. You wouldn't go. To, Absolutely oh, not. The biggest brand in football. You get a chance to head coach. Nope. The most dysfunctional brand in football. As of late, yeah. The most overhyped, useless. Brandon football? Yeah, but you can account that to Dak I'm, and McCarthy. No, you can count that to Jerry Jones 100%. Jason Garrett was a head coach. Tony Romo will get Hall of Fame votes, and they were still the same same old team they've always been. It's the same team they've been. Kellen Moore calling the plays, same team. Mike McCarthy calling the plays, same team. Tony Romo, quarterback, same team. It doesn't matter. It's, it's been the same team for the last 25 years. Yeah, been the same won. disappointing team for the last three decades almost. Yeah, they haven't been able to hit on anything. It, if I'm Dable, I'm looking. I'm looking at 
the Chargers job, and that's it. Ooh. Period. End of story. Now that's interesting. All right, guys, hits and misses time. Here we go on a Thursday. I right, hit number one. I've been saying it since basically since Tom Brady left. I said Bill Belichick. He's he's done. He's done. It's so bad there. It's I don't I I don't even have words for it in a, in an offensive league to be so ignorant and just flat out dumb to just be so downright ignorantly stupid yeah. about how to win football games it doesn't make any sense i mean the arrogance the the uh, the confidence for no reason it's ridiculous i mean let's be real if you're if you're robert Kraft, you are a billion dollar owner at this point yes bill is popular but the brand of new england is more popular i know bill made it what it is but the brand is way more popular dude can him can what are you doing what are you waiting for i'd can him look are you, it's going to sound crazy because he's going to be a Hall of Famer. He's, he's in the argument of the top three coach of all time. Times have changed. I would have canned him already. I'm sorry. I After that showing on Sunday, he would have been fired so fast. Well, it, so fast. It just feels to me like every other headline every other week is, oh, Bill Belichick suffers his biggest loss on the road as the Patriots head coach. Oh, Bill Belichick suffers his biggest loss at, at home. home. Oh, Bill Belichick suffers his biggest loss three weeks in a row. Like, it, it keeps compounding on itself. Oh, and Bill Belichick it's, and Mac Jones his, not getting along. Like, but the, the problem is there's no answers. Like, there are no answers. Fire Bill Belichick. That's the answer. Yeah, but he has no answers is what I'm saying. The oh, firing, he yeah. The firing has to happen. Um, it's just, it gets so, it gets so bad. Ask yourself this. If this was somebody, we'll just take post Brady, right? So then what? They had that that year with Cam. And yeah. then they had that then the year with Mac where they made the playoffs, then last year, and now this year. That's it's four that's about three worse. three and a little bit then some change. They're under five hundred. The offense is clearly regressing. They're not on the right side of the ball in terms of where the league is heading. He's been increasingly arrogant, gruff, pissed off. Not been a good employee, not had any production. If this was just a coach that the, the, that was the only four years of sample size, they'd have been canned so fast. Two years ago, probably. So fast. Two years ago. They wouldn't even have gotten to this year. After last year, they probably would have been canned. Yeah. It's bad. I mean, it doesn't look good. Hey, I, I, I hate him, so I'm, I hope he gets fired, but whatever. I respect him, but I don't like him. Miss number one here, we actually thought the Broncos would be decent. Could you believe that? Could you believe that? Okay, look. I I had faith in Sean Payton. Okay. Quarterback that was at a Hall of Fame level as a, from, you know, except for one year in his career. Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame. One bad year. I figured, okay, he's going to return to at least some form of it, which he has somewhat. Hall of Fame level coach. Perfect. Top five defense from last year. Okay. The pieces are there. Defense is Easily the worst in football. You let Zach Wilson and company put up 31 points. Yeah. I have no words for a team like that. No. Um, Sean Payton was arrogant all offseason, and it has come back to bite him in the ass. And I thought I liked Sean Payton, and I think I do. Um, but he is – I'm not going to say he's the problem, but he is a significant part of the problem in Denver. It's just like – you couldn't make it work with Nathaniel Hackett, obviously. But now it's just a shock that Sean Payton is is at, as bad as he's been. It's like, been I, I didn't there's been see this distinct coming. coaching mismatches, and I thought Robert Sala outcoached him. He did a hundred percent. And I'm not did. a huge Robert I, Sala guy. I, I said last week that I don't like Robert Sala, but he coached circles around Sean Payton this last week, which is just that's not good. No, it's that's not. not good. Um, I mean, there's a lot of problems in Denver. I don't think this thing gets turned around anytime soon. Honestly, I don't like Russ. 
Okay, so we talk about, we talk, today will be the day of solutions. We talked about, you know, I did my opening rant. What's the problem? I don't care what the problem is. What's the solution? What's the solution for Denver? Because it's not Russ and Sean Payton. Could it be just Sean Payton? Could it be just Russ? Could it be reboot the whole thing? I think you need could to. It be, you, could it be you just keep losing? You don't have first round picks, so. No. And, and you're not going to either. And no matter what, you're stuck with Russ is the problem. So, okay, so now. So you, you have that contract. It's looming over your head. You can't do anything. Russ has to be your guy. Either that so or now, you have to swallow a huge cap. There hit. are 14 good quarterbacks coming out. That would be. There are 14 guys that are first round level talents. That would that are that some of them are going to drop because we're not going to have fourteen first round quarterbacks this year. Yeah, we're going to have like six or seven. So okay. you're going to have you're going to have seven or eight guys that drop to the second, third, fourth round. Sam Harton from Notre Dame, Jordan Travis from Florida State. Uh, what if JJ McCarthy falls out of the out of the first round? Yeah, there's going to be guys uh, that that um, Michael Pratt, I think, is his name from Tulane. Like there's, I could go on and on and on. DJ Ugalele, blah 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 from uh, Oregon State, right? There's plenty of guys. Quinn Ewers might drop out of the first round because he hasn't looked very good, although he's got the talent. Yeah. Do you draft somebody with your second-round pick? Maybe. I mean, do you have to do something? You're going to have guys that are first-round-level quarterbacks that you're going to be able to get in the second and third round. I think you have to take one of them. Yeah. Because next year, you're not going to have guys in those in those slots that you can take. This is going to be the best opportunity to get a quarterback. Contract's going to be a problem, though. It's going to stay a problem. Yeah, but at this point, like you just, you just say, screw it, swallow it. <clears throat> That's tough, man. You could deal. You could deal him though for like a you know somebody will want. Rock. It's just it's just so tough. I don't know. It's interesting. Uh, hit number two here. This is mostly for you here. Bryce Young is not looking good. No, not looking good. They put up twenty four points and got trounced uh-huh. uh, against Detroit. I I don't know what the answer is for Bryce Young. Um, to be fair, they don't have a lot of guys that separate. They don't have a lot of playmakers on the outside. So I'm not saying he's doing it alone, uh, but he doesn't have a ton of help. Um, so I. I don't know how much of it is on Bryce Young. He's a young quarterback. You kind of want young quarterbacks to learn and struggle, but uh, is there a point where he struggles a little bit too much? I mean, he did have three touchdowns, but it doesn't look efficient enough for me. It doesn't look like he's seeing the field as well as he did in college, which was kind of his thing, right? Well, he was a little bit quicker to process than others, so I, I don't know what the answer is. It's hard to see the field when you're five foot three. Um, All right, he's easy. He's so undersized, it hurts. I hate guys that aren't physically gifted enough to play football at the NFL level. And what about Kyler? I, that's what I said. Not look, at, Kyler guy? <laughs> look at Kyler, man. What does Kyler want? What is, what's, you, what's his trajectory? I would still... I think Kyler's a top 12 quarterback in the league I, when he's healthy. I don't know. I think we forget Would you how take him over Kenny Pickett? We haven't seen him in a while. No, I wouldn't. Oh. Oh. I don't like my quarterbacks to be undersized. You actually just said that. Mm-hmm. You would take Kenny Thicket over... Kyler Murray. Yeah, I'd rather have him in that rookie contract. That is wild. If we're if we're contracts included, I'd rather have Kenny oh, Pickett. Oh, in the we're going contract. on a sidebar. Deshaun Watson or Kyler Murray? Deshaun. Kyler all day long. Uh, Ryan Tannehill. Kyler. Okay. Uh, well, Anthony Richardson, I would take Anthony Richardson. Um, Houston, I'd probably take C.J. Stroud. 100%. I'd take Trevor Lawrence. Yep. Tua. Oh, I'm taking Tua over Kyler all day. Taking Kyler. You, uh, I think it's been recency you put, bias. You, put you haven't Kyler, seen Kyler in, in You put enough. Kyler on Miami. And you have just the same amount of injury problems. He's four foot one. That is a Super Bowl team. You have an elf running around at quarterback. You have a problem. He's significantly more talented than Tua. You have a problem. Mac with, Jones. Okay, I'd take Kyler over Mac Jones, but okay. Mac Jones is like one of the worst quarterbacks in football. Aaron Rodgers. Given Aaron. Con- Aaron. Given contracts, age, all that, you would take Aaron? I'd rather have Aaron. I would take Kyler. 
Russell Wilson. Kyler. Okay, thank you. I think you. they're the same quarterback. Thank you. Uh, whoever the Raiders have. Jimmy G. No, I think Kyler. Okay. Okay. Uh, Kirk Cousins. Kirk's more consistent. Kirk wins. Wow. Kirk wins. This is wild to me. Okay. I hate. I don't like Kyler. I don't like undersized quarterbacks, and that's the reason why I've always not liked Bryce Young. Justin Fields. All right, don't be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. That's a good segue to miss number two. Justin Fields actually looks pretty decent over the last two weeks. But my but my thing is, it's never been can he perform at that level. It's how often does he do it. It's the yeah. consistency thing. Um, and let's be fair, those are the two worst pass defenses in football, Washington and, and Denver. So, yeah, I mean, horrible. like, he ripped up the worst defenses in football. I'm not saying he didn't play well. I'm giving him his flowers. But we need to see it. It wasn't. It's not a performance concern. It's a consistency concern. 100%. And him torching the worst defenses in football doesn't tell me a lot. Yeah, I mean, 100%. I agree. Hit number three here. I've said Lamar is good, but I've also said that there's a limit and a ceiling on what he can do from the pocket. Now, granted, he didn't have a lot of help this weekend, but you saw you get pressure on Lamar. There are you can manipulate how the Ravens their style of play, and we saw Pittsburgh do it. Pressure on Lamar, take away those first window throws, make him sit in the pocket, and if he does, and you have a decent pass rush, you can eliminate the second and third window throws with your pass rush as yeah. opposed to with your corners. That's exactly what Pittsburgh did. Pittsburgh always dominates Lamar, and they do it by he's, getting he's now that pressure. one and three. You, he can't get anything going against the Steelers, and that's for the reason that he's always under duress. Everybody always talks about how good Lamar is and how much he can make things happen and orchestrate. And you, when it's not there, he's got it. Sure, does he have a couple of runs like that? Hundred percent, he will, and he'll step up and he'll make you miss. Lamar, Kyler Murray. Oh, Lamar. Okay. Thank you. Making sure. I'm just making sure. Yeah. Don't worry about that. Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. I'm yeah. making sure. Daniel Jones. Daniel. I'll take Daniel. Over Kyler Murray. I'll take Daniel. Are we <laughs> lying right now? This is insanity. Miss number three here. Bets went two and three, but we are still a nice crisp 14 and 11 on the year. We like that. Hey, it's 56%. 56%. We like it. We are still pretty good. We're still a rough week. It was a tough, that was a tough week on lines. Probably the worst week thus far. Uh, in terms of lines and spreads, but we look to bounce back, and we will bounce back yeah. in segment number two. Guys, don't go anywhere. We'll have predictions and then bets in segment number two. Of course, we'll follow that up with some news and the game of the week in the third segment, so don't go anywhere. Welcome back in. This is the issue on the 12th now of October. It's wild. It's getting chilly. As you can see, we got the scully on. Go Lurs. We're actually on a bye week this week, so they won't be in our predictions, but of course, that defensive masterclass that was that Sunday game. Now, granted, again, Lamar had a lot of receivers. That didn't look very good. <laughs> no. um, but still, nonetheless, dominant. Joey Porter Jr. looked really good. I can say I was there six rows off the field. You can tell, and it's, I think it was even more evident in person, he is easily the best man-to-man cover guy on the team. It's not even. It's not really all that close. Pat Pete, got, Pat Pete got burned by Mark Andrews' speed. Mark Andrews is the biggest tight end in football. He's not speed. He doesn't have fast. He's not fast. No. He's got hands. He's, he's uses his body well. Pat Pete got burned by Mark Andrews running across the field. <laughs> like Pat Pete is done. He's terrible. He's a zone zone guy only. Levi Wallace is okay. He's a, he's not too bad. Uh, but Joey Porter Jr. is really really good. That's good. Yeah, that, that, was that. My, that was my little takeaway. I figured I'd start this segment. With that, yeah. yeah, love it, man. Um, it's probably good being at that game. Probably felt pretty good. It was awesome. 
It was a great game. Yeah, 100%. Good time. Uh, Either way, we got a good one this segment. We got our week six predictions and our week six bets on a budget to get to you. These predictions keep rolling, and as we do before every... um, I'm up, what, two games? I'm up two games. I'm down. You're you're up one game. You're up nine to eight in individual picks, Um, and you are down one week. I'm three and two on the week's. You know the, the picks. The picks are just the points scored in that game. We go. It, we classify it as the way we do it is the entire week is the game. You the, are exactly like the Steelers. The Steelers have been thoroughly outscored this year, mm-hmm. yet they have a winning record. Yep, hundred percent. I'll take it. Win but I win. am every other team, which is better than the Steelers. That means you are the like. What would the Steelers be right now? I don't know. They're probably like the twenty fifth best team in football. That's fine. Probably somewhere around there. That's fine. Hey, you know what? We're we're gonna have That's a fine. hell. We're gonna have a hell of a stretch. You know, we're just getting warmed up. It's only week six. It's only week six. Uh, we got a lot of time. I'll be the Chargers laying in the weeds. It's fine. Right. That's fine. Laying in the weeds. Huh? Much better team. Better right. quarterback. That's all I'm saying. Fair Continue. enough. <laughs> okay. Uh, either way, without further ado, we're not holding this up anymore. We have our week six NFL predictions. Here we go. All right, Broncos travel to Arrowhead tonight. That that's gonna be a whipping. That's. I mean, I don't even even know what to say. Uh, the Chiefs at home are fantastic. We know that. Um, the Broncos on the road are – they haven't been good at home or on the road. doesn't matter. They're not a good football team to begin with. Uh, interesting. Right? Russell Wilson has been significantly better, but their defense has regressed mightily, which we know that that's Sean's Payton. Sean Payton's issue is defense. You know, He's not very good as a defensive coach. He doesn't hire a good defensive staff. Uh, he did early in New Orleans, and then late in New Orleans, it all went down downhill, and we see it go downhill here in Denver. Yeah. Um, the Chiefs are going to put up 40. I'll take the Chiefs. I mean, there's not much discussion needed there. It's going to be an absolute bloodbath. Yeah. It's not going to go well for the Broncos. I don't see as <laughs> Whatever the over-under is on this, I don't even know. I would actually stay away from that. I would just take the Chiefs by as many points as they'll give you. You could tease it up, yeah, for sure. It's interesting. <laughs> All right, Ravens at the Titans. Let me go ahead and take the Ravens here. I consider taking the Titans. They usually play the Ravens really tight. They can kind of possession, you know, hold the ball, keep them on the sideline. Um, but to me, good teams that get humiliated, which I think that was a humiliating loss for, for Baltimore this past week. 100% it was. I mean, to be, to be up by that much and to, to have Pittsburgh play that poorly and win by a touchdown is insane, right? Baltimore knows they didn't play well. They deserve to win that game. They should have won that game. And yet they didn't on the road against your rival. They're going to come out with their hair on fire. Yeah. I think I think that's a good bet. Um, we'll talk bets on a budget, but the Ravens winning by a lot seems that that's the right side. I think they beat Tennessee for sure. Yeah, I agree. Uh, coming off a loss on a big, big division rival like that is a really tough pill to swallow. Yeah. Uh, so they're going to play inspired football. And then I did also think about the Titans there for a second. I think I've taken them the last two weeks in my splits, and I've been burned by them both times. They just can't um, figure out how to win and close football games. The week before you didn't take them, I took them, and they burned you. You took Cincy. That's right. Yeah, tough one. Uh, Vikings at the Bears. I am going to do it. I am going to ride with my boy, because I've never had any doubt ever. Um, I knew he would be this type of player. <laughs> Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears, baby. <laughs> scroll through. Go back. If you're watching this on YouTube, just go to the channel and scroll back to all the previous videos. There's like four Justin Fields videos in the last. I movie. knew he's been ineffable since he got in the league. <laughs> he is the the model of consistency, mm-hmm. and I expect another four touchdown performance from him again. No, to, in all seriousness, no. I'm I'm not a huge Justin Fields guy, but let's be fair. Who is he ripped up this year? 
Commanders who can't defend the pass, and the Broncos who can't defend the pass. Well, the Vikings are right there with them. The Vikings cannot guard anybody on the outside. And so to me, this is exactly where they thrive. The Vikings are missing Justin Jefferson. This is exactly the type of team that the Bears are equipped to beat. You can get in a little bit of a shootout, but they can't stop you. Justin Fields is going to be able to run wild, be able to throw the ball downfield. DJ Moore has emerged as a real, legit top 15 receiver. I will take the Bears to win at home against the injured Vikings. I don't know. I just I can't, in good faith, take the Bears. I can't. Why? Justin can't Fields is ineffable. Myself. No, I can't attach myself to it. Uh, we saw one go to week. I'm not ready to put everything on that. What are you talking about? Uh, I got them going to the Super Bowl, cause yeah, you, you, yeah. Got, you got the Bears in the bowl. Absolutely, um, they're going to sneak in as the seventh seed. No, no shot. I like and they're I, running the table. I like Minnesota here. I, they haven't been that. They haven't been good at all, really, all season. But uh, at least they kind of held things a little bit close there with the Chiefs. Uh, they punched it out they a little well. bit on Sunday. So I think this is a team that. It's going to collect wins, especially against a divisional opponent like this. The Vikings usually own the Bears. So, I'm going to go to Minnesota. We'll see. Saints at the Texans. You're going to go ahead and take the Texans. Why? C.J. Stroud has impressed me to no end this season. I think he's a really good rookie quarterback. I think they actually have some a pretty good offense rolling over there. And things feel different in Houston than they have in the past couple of years. Uh, Houston has... Proved that they can score points. Their defense has actually stepped up a little bit. Now, sure, especially against the Steelers, it's the Steelers' offense, which is you know not saying all that much. But I like the directions the Texans are heading. Uh, it, it seems good. It seems like they have their feet underneath them, and I think they have the right guy at quarterback as of right now. I like the Texans. It's fair. See, I'm going to go from a more schematic standpoint here. Uh, the Saints have good cover corners, and CJ Stroud is a very timing, rhythm player. Very a lot of first window throws. Get the ball out quick. Accurate on time. Very Tua, although I think as a prospect right now, he's better than Tua because he's bigger, stronger, a little bit more mobile. Mm-hmm. Um, but very timing, rhythm-based. The Saints have the guys to be able to take away those throws, um, which Pittsburgh doesn't, so that's kind of why they torched Pittsburgh. Sure. Uh, and they don't run the football particularly well, which is actually where you can get yardage on the Saints, and the Texans don't run the ball well. So their weakness – or their yeah their weakness isn't is going to stay a weakness and their strength is going to be diminished as well so I'm going to go and take the Saints on the road to get a win okay uh, you think a lot, a lot of press a lot of press here just shut down those receivers right off the bat yeah yeah Marshawn Lattimore pressing for sure fair enough Niners at the Browns we're going to go and take the Niners now this is an interesting game uh, Browns coming off a bye Niners riding high from Dallas we'll see now, I think they are the better team although I like it to stay close you feel a little bit better about this one staying close than I do I think mm-hmm. the, I think the 49ers absolutely tear the doors off the off the Browns it's fair um, we'll see it's it's either way you're we're picking the 49ers it's yeah. just really just how close or lopsided is the game going to be yeah All right, Colts at the Jaguars I'm uh, going to go take the Jags. I considered taking the Colts, right? Gardner Minshew's starting. I don't love the fact that Gardner Minshew's starting, but he runs a <laughs> decent offense. Shane Steichen, uh, they've been decent when Gardner's been playing, although I'd feel a lot better if Anthony Richardson was playing. Big, physical athlete, can run the football. Um, I Yeah, I worry Jonathan Taylor's not you know fully healthy yet, although Zach Moss has been running the ball well. But I, I think Jacksonville's clicking, and I think for the next couple weeks you're going to see them be pretty undervalued because they started slow. But in reality... That's a really good football team. And I think in Vegas, they're going to be very, very undervalued. And I think that's they're the better team here, and they're at home. I'll take the Jags. Yeah, the Jags are going to roll. They're, they're starting to put it together. Yeah. This team is going to get really good, and they're going to get really hot. Um, and it's now the pieces are just forming. You know, It's early on in the season. They're about to hit their midseason stride. It's going to be really hard to bet against the Jags from here on out. Yeah. 
Uh, Commanders at the Falcons. I'm going to go ahead and take the home Falcons. First of all, they can run the football a lot better. Uh, and that's kind of how you mitigate a pass rush, which the Commanders can get a pass rush. So I'm going to run the football. Bijan Robinson, Tyler Algier, I'd give them 40 carries. I'd, I'd drop Desmond Ritter back 20 times. A couple play action throws. Um, and Sam Howell is okay. I, I don't see them lighting up uh, Atlanta. They have some decent corners, can get a decent pass rush. So I'll take Atlanta in a very close game at home. I don't know, man. Uh, Sam Howell's been really good all year. He has been good. Um, I, I like him to stay good, and I like the pass rush in Washington to make that secondary look a little bit better, elevate them a little bit. Uh, I think the defense in, in Washington is going to be able to hold Atlanta pretty sh- you know, fairly, low fairly in, low in the points yeah, we'll category. Uh, I do worry about Atlanta's run game. It, it can get dangerous at times. So you know, it's it's really a 50-50 game when I was thinking about it while we were making the predictions. Yeah. But I like the Washington side just a little bit better. All right, Panthers at the Dolphins. I'm going to go ahead and take the Dolphins. Uh, <laughs> I would probably bet the over on this one because the Panthers can put up points. The Dolphins' defense isn't very good, uh, but the Panthers' defense is horrendous. I'll, I'll take the Dolphins to put up 40-plus. Um Easily, <laughs> they're gonna get boat raced. Yeah, uh, it, it could kind of have like a shootout esque feel for the first like half. Then I think the Dolphins are gonna pull. They're gonna away. run away. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Seahawks at the Bengals. I think the Bengals again, just like the Jags, they're gonna be a little bit undervalued for a while. Bit uh, for a while because they started so slow, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but being at home, I think they're gonna get it rolling. Joe Burrow clearly looked like the Joe Burrow we remember. Uh, yeah, the Bengals at home run the football. Joe Burrow returns the form. Jamar Chase to starting to get form. there, too. Yeah, I do worry a little bit because Seattle's got some good corners. Jamar and if T. Higgins plays, they can be able to get open, but I, I'll take the Bengals. Yeah, Bengals. Yeah, uh, Patriots at the Raiders. You know how we feel about the Patriots. Fire Bill Belichick. Uh, I'll take the Raiders. Raiders all day. I think Jimmy G's going to cook. Uh, Eagles at the Jets. Look, let's not overreact to a Jets win. <laughs> let's not go crazy. Eagles are a much better team, Eagles. Yes. Uh, I, look, the Jets struggled with the Broncos. It was a very close game. Yeah, They're the 10 field. points, it wasn't, It was, the 10 points is a lot more misleading than it right. actually was. It was a close game down to the end. A lot of garbage time. Yeah. Uh, look, it, it was just, a garbage time touchdown at the end there for me. Yeah. It is just, this is not <laughs> the Jets' bag to come in and beat the Eagles and Jalen Hurts. And Jalen Hurts is starting to look like the Jalen Hurts from last year, too. Yeah, he looked really good. So. He looked really good. Yeah. Lions at the Bucks. I'm going to take the Lions now. Thought about taking the Bucks at home off a bye, uh, but my concern is I don't think their defense is going to be good enough to stop this offense. Right? Yeah. The multiple looks, the run game, the, the trickery, I'll, I'll take the Lions. The Lions. I think the Bucks keep pace, but not not enough. This, this was a close one when we yeah. were talking about it, too. Uh, Cardinals at Rams. The Rams, yeah, they're, they're, they're a good team. Their weaknesses are also Arizona's weaknesses. Like, if you add a bad team, Arizona's not a good team. But if they're really good up front and the weak offensive line of the Rams was exposed, then you consider maybe the underdog wins it. But I, the Rams are a much better team. Cooper Cup's back and looks like he hasn't missed a beat. Yeah. It's great. So I like the Rams here, but watch for the Cardinals to make it close. I, I, oh yeah, they've, no, I think, I think they've the been playing. Close, yeah. They've been playing a lot of teams yeah, really can, tight. They can run the ball, and outside of Aaron Donald, who's stopping the run? Nobody. I don't think really yeah. anybody. Giants at the Bills. Bills are a much better team at home, prime time. Daniel Jones and them, they're not winning in prime time. The fact that they still have this many prime time games is ridiculous. I'll take the Bills easily. Yeah. Um, I mean, what happened in London? We don't have to talk about it. <laughs> you know, they're I still think, a really good team. I think the Bills are better than what they showed yeah. out there across the pond, but. Uh, yeah, I'll take the Bills this week. They're not beating the Giants. Cowboys at the Chargers. We're both going to go and take the underdog Chargers off a bye. Justin Herbert, I thought, take the better quarterback, the more rested team. 
Uh, I mean, the Cowboys are coming off just a, a trouncing, so there's an argument that, you know, decent teams that get trounced usually bounce back really strong. Uh, but I'll take the well-rested team and the home team. Yeah, I like the Chargers. Uh, I think they – I know they have the better quarterback. Um, and I think the the Cowboys are probably a little bit scared to play another <laughs> – Another primetime game in front of the nation. Yeah, we'll see. Standalone game. <laughs> Get ugly again and, uh, you know, just show how bad you are to, to the whole country and the world. So. All right, our splits. I'm taking the best quarterback in football, Justin Fields, and the Bears over the Vikings. And I'll take the Saints over the Texans. You're taking the Texans. And I'll take the Falcons. You're taking the Commanders. Those are our splits. Week six, let's go ahead and transition into uh, – some bets on a budget, shall yeah, we? Yeah, we got five lines, the five best lines for your money, for the value that you can find them this week. Here we go. Uh, you get Baltimore minus four. I mean, I talked about this. They're, they're at Tennessee. I know Tennessee usually plays them tough, but really good teams with good coaches and high-end quarterbacks. Look, Lamar has his struggles against Pittsburgh, but Lamar wins almost 80% of his games. Like, Lamar's a really, really good quarterback. Top oh, yeah. 10. I'd probably put Lamar top 10. Closer to 10 than 5, but he's a top 10 quarterback. Teams with a top 10 quarterback and probably a top... I would say Harper's a top 10 coach. If you take the entire All resume, the, the entire body yeah, of Yeah, I was going to say, it can't be of recent years. Yeah, because I would say some of the younger guys, like Mike McDaniel. Right, know, so there's some younger, more powerful minds that have come into the league. But like I mean, Dable. I would say like historically in the league right now, yes. And even currently, he's probably still a top 12 to 15 coach. He's, like, I, he's a really, really good I'd coach. I'd put him in the Tomlin category. Yeah, they're anywhere between 8 and 14 on a given year. Yeah. You know? Um, but anyway, yeah, so good teams with a good coach and a good quarterback coming off a humiliating loss. That's exactly what happened to Baltimore. They're going to bounce back strong. I take them to win by a touchdown. I'll go 27-20 Baltimore. I like it. I think they are going to – I said it earlier in predictions. They are going to play inspired football. Um, this team – is really good. Yes, they had some stupid mistakes with the receiving core this last week. That was evident. But it Nobody's going to deny that. Everybody has a bad game. Uh, I will say, those things kind of tend to even out. So you have a really bad game. You, normally, I mean, those even have, out. So you, you have, have Zay a good Flowers. Game. You have OBJ. Like you, you have Mark a lot Andrews, of good Andrews, Yeah, you Rashad have Rashad Bateman. A lot of really good, reliable yeah. targets that don't usually do that. I mean, look at Kadarius Tony week one. Right? Right. right. And he's, he's played a lot better since. So, all right, Jacksonville minus four and a half versus Indianapolis. Look, again, I think Jacksonville is going to be really, really undervalued for the next week, two weeks, maybe even three weeks, depending on how they play. Um, but I think that's a team finding their stride. Like, I, I think what we saw in the first, what, three or four weeks of the season is not who Jacksonville is. I think what we saw in London, that's closer to who Jacksonville is. I oh, think they're yeah. a much better football team than people are going to give them credit for uh, because of that slow start. And so I think that number is way too low for me. I think this is a 30-20 to 20 type of game. Like, I, I like Gardner Minshew, but I don't think he's going to put up 30. Right? Like no. I think, I, no. I, I like I mean, them to keep it close, but I think Jacksonville pulls away. It's it's going to be about a field goal game until midway through the fourth quarter. Jacksonville put a touchdown up to kind of put it away. Minshew's not going to be able to lead them down the field in prime time, clutch time, so I'll take Jacksonville. I was going to say the same thing. I like Minshew to keep it really close, and he'll he'll hang there, and he'll, he won't wreck it for the first, you know, two to three quarters of the game. But he's also not the guy that's going to win it for you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Especially against a way more talented Jacksonville team. Yeah. Let's go Cleveland plus five against San Francisco. Like you said, you don't feel as confident. I feel really, really confident on this one. Look, I know that Dallas has a good defense. This this Cleveland defense is going to easily be the best defense that San Francisco has seen yet. Nobody forces more three and outs than Cleveland. Uh, nobody has a better sack differential than Cleveland. They're, they're 
either no, they're either one or two in that category, right? Like they get to the quarterback, they don't let you get to theirs. Um, and in a in a game with two of the top three to four defenses in football, five points is a lot of points to me. This feels like a low scoring, sluggish in Cleveland. Who knows? Could be rainy, could be cold, could be windy. The mistake on the lake. Um, Cleveland's coming off a bye. They're rested. San Francisco played in prime time on Sunday. They will get less rest. They're coming off a massive game against Dallas. Maybe is it an emotional letdown? Possibly. They come out flat. Cleveland's been preparing for them for two weeks. Um, I'll take Cleveland to win. Or I'm sorry. I'll take San Francisco to win, but Cleveland to cover in a close one, 16-13 San Fran. Okay. Um, I, I like San Francisco. I do understand where you're coming from, and I can see how it can happen. I'm just not as sold on the Browns keeping it close with this team. I mean, nobody's been able to keep it close with San Francisco this year. Uh, Deshaun will finally be healthy. Side note, sorry. Stop that. I mean, I just don't know. I. It's one See, of those things. I'm, it, I'm taking the leap of faith. Okay. Yeah. Because I, I think I'm San Francisco is there, and I'm going to support it the entire time. All right. But I'm, I'm just I'm shaking. You're not, you're not I, backing that I, one. I just want you to know. You're not that, backing like, that one. If it hits, I was. Are you gonna fade that one? Are you gonna? Are you just gonna not? Are you just gonna stay away? Uh, stay away. I'm, I, no, no. I, I'm gonna parlay them all together. I'm, I'm just gonna start doing that with all of our bets. Fair enough. We're due for a five and a week, right? It's true. We are. Yeah. Miami minus thirteen and a half versus Carolina. Surprisingly enough, big favorites have been fairly good to us this season because I do think they're as this league comes more quarterback coach dependent and reliant and friendly. You know, with the rules and and just the increase in offense. Sure. It's it, it's a little bit easier to see how much better teams are than bad teams with bad quarterbacks, maybe bad coaches, bad offensive lines too. Yeah, I think Carolina has Carolina has two of the three. Like I, I don't think Bryce Young is very good. I don't think the offensive line is very good. Jury's still out on Frank Reich. I think he's a good coach, but he's not working with a lot. Mm. Uh, and so good quarterback, you know, good head coach, insane skill position players. That's the side there. I think they win. I'll go forty-one twenty Miami. Yeah, uh, it's going to be. An insane offensive showing for Miami. I think, you know, it's going to give resemblance to that 70-point game. I don't think they're going to get back to that yeah, I don't think they're going to score um, 70. But at the end of the day, I this is going to be an OTA. I, you can kind of see when games are going to be OTAs on the schedule. The, the Miami offense is going to be able OTA, to do whatever what's an, what's an they want. What do you mean OTA? There's an offensive practice for the, oh, okay, for the okay, Dolphins. Okay, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Uh, they are just going to be able to go out there and just run. And, and go. Take the chains I thought off. that was like some acronym that you made up. No. I was like, what's an OTA? No, like, you know, preseason and OTAs. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, so you mean like three of their four games, they've lost by double digits. Atlanta, they lost by 14. Seattle, they lost by 10. And that wasn't even, that was Andy Dalton starting. Yeah. Um, and then they lost, obviously, by like 18 or something this past weekend. So. Fair enough. Anyway, last bit on the board, Arizona plus six and a half at the Rams. I do like the Rams to win. I think Arizona probably covers late. Uh, I'll take the Rams in a 30-24 to 24 game. Arizona backdoor covers late. Oh, yeah. Rams are going to roll uh, for a while. But, I mean, we said this earlier as well. The Cardinals have kept games they're super sh- they're close. They're scrappy. That's a scrappy team. But I, was, I didn't feel great about it because I took Cincinnati this last week in, our, in the split. And watching yeah. them play Arizona for the first three quarters of the game, Arizona was, I was like in that game. Uh oh! I thought they could win. I thought they were going to win for a second. We've seen them upset some teams this year, and now I'm, they definitely don't Dallas, beat the Rams. Yeah. Uh, but but to keep it close, six and a half division game feels right. Yeah, I, think I like you can it. keep it close. All I right. like it. To run back through those bets, we got Baltimore 
minus four at Tennessee. Jacksonville minus four and a half versus Indianapolis. Uh, the underdog Browns plus five at or versus San Francisco at home in Cleveland. Uh, Miami minus 13 and a half at home versus Carolina. And Arizona plus six and a half traveling to the Rams. Love it. Those are the week six bets on a budget. So go check them out on the favorite app, DraftKings FanDuel, bet MGM. The Bet Rivers, Rivers. App, uh, a little Barstool sports book. Wherever you place your bets, go check it out. Uh, a lot of good lines this week. Like I said, I'm parlaying mine together. We are due to go 5-0 and one of these weeks. I have a feeling that it's going to be a good one. Um, so, yeah, go, go place those bets before, I guess, Sunday. We don't have any Thursday night bets, thank God. Yeah. Um, so... We will see you in the third segment. We got the news. We got the game of the week. Game of the week. We got Seahawks and Bengals this week. It's going to be a close one. That, that, um, that one was a stay away from me betting wise because I I don't know what Joe Burrow am I getting. Yeah, you know it's, the defense in Seattle's been playing really well. Geno Smith is good. Lot to discuss. Well, Geno Smith's B. He's average. Yeah, lot to discuss there at the end of the episode. We'll be right back in the third segment. Let's go third segment on. Thursday, October 12th, episode 207, for those keeping count. It's the issue. We got a good one. News, game of the week. This game of the week is going to be the Seahawks and the Bengals. Lots to talk about there at the end of the show. Going to be a pretty good matchup this, this Sunday. Um, we didn't have any like real big standouts. Like The past couple of weeks, it's just been a no-brainer who the game of the week is. This one, a little more interesting. It comes down to the like, fundamental uh, scheme type stuff. Uh, so we're going to talk about all that. And just really what Joe Burrow and the Bengals are going to look like. What, what team they're going to decide to show up as that day. We'll see. But go check out theissuesports.com. we got a lot of good stuff over there. Newsletter comes out every Wednesday. Go sign up. Um, put your email in. And you can click sign up right there on the homepage. And then just accept it when it comes over to the inbox. And you will be receiving the newsletter every single Wednesday. Um, guys, thanks for being here. We appreciate it. We're getting to the fall. Like Tim was saying earlier, it is cool. It feels great. Hunting is back in the air. I've been obsessed with it over the past couple of weeks and just getting more and more into it. That is that is one of the best sports that we don't cover here on the issue. I'll tell you what. It's it's, it's favorite pastime, you know? It, it's yeah. one of the best pastimes out there. I'll tell you what. Oh, nothing Nothing better than just sitting in the woods, broing down, relaxing. Feels oh, fantastic. I uh, relaxing, but you know is, what I mean. This is... 100% the best time of the year, and you get a ton of football, and that football leads to a lot of big stories. So let's start there with the news first. All right, turn number one here. Unfortunate news, actually. Justin Jefferson headed to the IR with a hamstring injury. Uh, Commissioner in between four to six weeks, so not ideal. Uh, yes, the story is Justin Jefferson being hurt, but what is that? what that leads to, to me, is the bigger story, or the bigger discussion, rather. What do you do if you're Minnesota, right? Like, Especially if you lose to Chicago in Chicago, do yeah. you just do you almost kind of punt on the season? Do you just kind of say, "Hey, we like Kirk. Thank you for your service, but let's go ahead either move him at the deadline or you know suck it up this year, have him just lose games." Although I think he's too good to just keep losing. Like I think he's going to win you seven games. I know they've only won one so far. I think he's good enough to win you some games. So do you just say, "Hey, we're going to punt on this season. Hopefully Kirk's not too good. We get a top twelve pick." And we move off him at the end of the year. You take know? somebody new. Um, it wouldn't shock me. And you, you move him. You could probably get a first or second well, for Kirk. You like Kevin O'Connell a lot. I do, yeah. I think he's good. I, I think... Well, I'll, I'll say this. I don't think... I don't think Kirk gets another coach. I think Kevin O'Connell gets another quarterback. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think at this point, they're kind of done with Kirk. Like, thank, again, thank you Well, he's for aging, service, too. He's a little yeah. older. And 
you could get a young guy. And, and as you were talking about in the last segment, or not last segment, but in the show earlier, there's a lot of good quarterback talent coming into the you league could, soon. Yeah, and you could find him late first, early second, third. I mean, hell, Brock Purdy was the last guy picked. So for that reason, maybe Kirk does play the whole season. Maybe they don't move off, and they just hope that they keep losing. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I think like, even even with Kirk in there, maybe seven was a stretch. I think I think he's going to win. They're going to win probably about five or six games. The trajectory they're on right now, they're already going to get a pretty damn good pick. Yeah, they're going to have a good pick. They they could have a top ten pick. I think they'll definitely have a top fifteen pick. Yeah, because they're not going to make the playoffs. And they, they can be, find a good quarterback in there. One hundred. I think they could one hundred percent. Yeah. I don't know. I think would you do it or would you? Say, let's get Kirk another weapon and try to retool there. Where are you getting another quarterback? I'm getting another quarterback. I, he's aging. Like, you have so to know I, when to yeah. move off. The big thing about this league is knowing when to move off of somebody. Yeah, a lot of people have entrance strategies and you know strategies to, to get good. They don't have exit strategies, right? So their strategy right there is your, your pivot is, hey, flip Kirk for a second. Somebody will take Kirk Cousins for sure. You're telling me right now that you wouldn't say, hey, Giants, Brian Dable, you interested? Hey, Atlanta, Atlanta, Tampa Bay. You know, and Baker's playing well, but yeah. you know, let's be real. Here. There's a- Seattle. Hey, Geno Smith is good, not quite as good as Kirk, not quite as productive as Kirk. Oh, hey, Las Vegas. It's interesting. I hear Jimmy G's getting pretty old. It's just, it's interesting. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, story number two here: Mario Cristobal and Miami. We got two college football stories actually here. Love it. Did you see the uh, Miami had about there was about thirty five seconds left on the clock. All they had to do was take a knee. You take a knee, the game's over. Instead, they try to run the ball. They fumble. Georgia Tech then gets the ball. Three plays, touchdown, wins the game. <laughs> oh, Miami! That, Miami at this point was undefeated, seventeenth in the country. Was that a fireable offense? Well, Mario Cristobal is too big of a name to fire. He's there's too much money invested in him. To me, though, yes. I, <laughs> but I mean that's probably why I'm not an AD because. I looked at the game and you said you just embarrassed a national brand on national television. You're gone. You're gone. Like that's that is that's inexcusable. You like, know what I mean? Like you there's had the game one. There are like you said, you know, is it a fireable offense? There are events and and offenses and and mistakes that even if it's your first big mistake are fireable. Like is that not one of them? I mean, that's so boneheaded because you had the game won. Like, you had won. All you had to do was take a knee. My big thing, and, too, is like Miami. You're risking an injury by doing that, too. Why would you do that? And my thing is also Miami, like, they had to they're, – they're undefeated. Like, you're now your season's – your season's basically useless now. They, it's useless. Yeah. Even if you win out, you're – so? You're going to be, like, 12th in the country playing in, like, the Miami Car Care Bowl. Like, even if you win out, doesn't matter. Doesn't Florida State's better in your own conference. Uh, Clemson's better in your own conference. So you're not going to go to the ACC championship game. No. You're, I mean, it, your your season is now useless because of one play. All you do is knee down. That's it. It's unbelievable. I mean, Horrible would I fire football, him? Yeah. Pro- I, I would. But again, that's probably why I'm not an AD. Uh, he does recruit pretty well, but his coaching I, is very suspect. I, that's I, the problem. I do believe that is a fireable offense in my eyes. I would. Story number three here. Oklahoma. Beats Texas in the Red River rivalry yeah, on, uh, we, we on Saturday. A, of, a little bit of that. Uh, what, 24-20, I think, was the final? Yeah. Or, I'm sorry, 34-30 was the final. Was it 34? Yeah. Okay. Um, Dylan Gabriel, last-minute touchdown pass to the corner of the end zone. So, my takeaway from this was, yes, Oklahoma's good. I don't, But I don't think Oklahoma – I don't view Oklahoma as a top-five team. I don't think they have a college football playoff path. But my – 
it, it's more about Texas. I don't think Quinn Ewers is a first-round quarterback. I don't think Sark is a top 30 coach in college football, though he recruits like a top five coach. Um, so I think X's and O's, there's a lot of flaws. They have talent. They recruit well. Um, big brand, big names. You have Matthew McConaughey's on the sideline, right? Like, it's a big, it's a spectacle. But I think in terms of details and actual X's and O's execution of football from a coaching standpoint and a quarterback standpoint, they're not a good football team. I don't think Quinn Ewers is the first-round quarterback. I'd argue he's not a second-round quarterback, closer to third, fourth, maybe even fifth-round quarterback. Wow. Um, and I don't think Sark's a very good coach. Again, I think he recruits well. I don't think he's a very good coach. Yeah, I, I can see that. That was sure. more my takeaway than Oklahoma's good. I can see that argument 100%. Now, what I will say is I am extremely excited to see these two teams in the SEC. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, going to be think, interesting. I, I think, think they have both proved this year that they can compete. I think Oklahoma with Brett and Venables, who first year was rough in Norman. I think with him, that team is built to win in the SEC more so than Texas. Yeah, and but you they, also have to take into account the SEC effect that you're going to get when those two big brands move over there. You're going to start oh, yeah. to reel in a lot more recruits. I mean, they already get it. I mean, the, those those schools, it doesn't. Their their recruiting's not going to change. I mean, they're, they're, those schools are already getting massive. You might get a little, a couple more recruits from you know the south over there, the southeast. But I mean, they they're they're already powers. They're already top ten yearly anyway. So, yeah. but either way, interesting. That's all we got for the news there, though. Yeah, uh, pretty good stories. I love a little when we can bring a little bit of college football into it. I love watching you know? college football. There's just so many games to cover, and there's it's like the same five or six teams that you kind of know are going to win. That's why I love conference realignment because like. We were looking at the the Big Ten release oh, schedule. That's like awesome. Like I'm gonna get USC and Penn State, like at at Beaver Valley. Are you kidding me? Like that's Beaver insane. Yeah. I'm getting Kalen DeBoer in Washington going to the shoe insane. to play Ohio State. It's gonna be awesome. Like that's wild. That's awesome. Even Michigan State, that's not even that big of a brand. I get them and I I don't know UCLA. Like that's still a really good football game. Yeah. You know. So I yeah, whatever. I think it's good for college football as a whole. I couldn't agree more. So let's uh let's transition in here into um into the game of the week. So we have what? Uh, the, the Seattle Seahawks. The Seattle Seahawks traveling to Cincinnati. Love it. Let's go ahead and start with Cincinnati keys to win. So I mean, the, let's start on offense because I think that's that's where we where they've had their ups and downs so far. I think I would say keep Joe Burrow upright because at the end of the day, look, they got the Super Bowl with a bad offensive line, a coach we don't know about. And good weapons, right? They still have the good weapons. Off of the line still sucks. Coach, we still don't know, right? But the key to, to it was always keeping Joe Burrow at least somewhat upright. Give him enough time. He's a timing rhythm, rhythm thrower. So you don't have to give him five, six, seven seconds like you have to give him homes when they're running around making plays, right? Yeah. Like you give Joe Burrow a three and he can dissect. So can you keep Joe Burrow upright for three seconds of play? If you can, I think you got a pretty good chance. I mean, the ways to do that chip with a tight end right um they, their tight ends aren't huge in the pass game anyway bring a tight end to help block bring a tight end to help chip uh you know have two backs in the backfield one goes out into a pass play yeah. one run blocks or pass blocks i'm sorry there's ways you can kind of mitigate the rush because seattle got after the pass where they had like 11 sacks against the giants last time we saw them yeah or 12 sacks something they like that so over it's wild so bring in tight ends, bring in extra backs, chip. Because in reality, he's throwing the ball to Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd, right? So as long as they're not blocking, 
you can, he'll get he'll be able to get the ball out. He'll be able to find them. He'll be able to throw them open. Uh, so that, that's kind of how you can mitigate that and and keep Joe Burrow upright. But in order to throw, you need to be upright. Yeah, right. <laughs> you, can't th- you can't throw from his ass. So. Right. All right, defense. You got to make Geno beat you. I mean, with two good backs, Kenneth Walker and Zach Charbonnet, and a young offensive line, young offensive lines tend to be better at run blocking because it's like, hey, guy that's in front of you, hammer him. Like yeah. it's just there's there's less thought to it. There's it's a little bit easier for an offensive line to kind of be aggressive. Trust me, offensive line like going forward. They don't like going backwards. Like mm-hmm. they, they like to move for push bodies. They don't like to go backwards every play, right? So they're going to want to run the football. Young offensive line, young backs. Geno's not known as a guy that can drop back 50 times and be successful. So they're going to want to run the 100%. ball. And if they want to run the ball, you have to load the box to force them to make Geno try to beat you. They have some of the guys on the back end. I like their safeties. I like their DBs. They moved off that uh, Bates who went to uh, Atlanta, but they still have young, really athletic, ball-hawking safeties. Let them work on the back end, load the box, and make Geno beat you. I like that. Do you think – so before we get into Seattle, do you think Cincinnati has that linebacking core to be able to shut down that run? Because Um, that run game in Seattle is – it's not bad, but I mean, I, I would say, in the la- over the last two to three years, no. But then I would also point to look what they did against McVeigh, and McVeigh's that he's got one of the best run schemes in football. And in that primetime game, they completely shut down the Rams. So it's normally I would say no, but this year they've actually been pretty good against the run. All right, so. fair enough. All right, so, Seattle, start on offense. Yeah, let's go on offense. Uh, get the ball to Jackson Smith and Jigba in the slot. Um, I like Mike Hilton as a blitzing corner, uh, a blitzing nickel for. Um, off the edge there for Cincinnati. But in coverage, I think he can be burnt. And I think Jackson Smith and Jigwa, great route runner, good hands, a little bit taller than most slot guys. Uh, so he can, a little bit more possession, throw it up top to him. Uh, so I think Jackson Smith and Jigwa is going to be the key. Can you get him the ball? That way they're not, you know, they're not doubling Lockett. They're not doubling DK Metcalf, you know. They're not keying on the run too much. So I would say get the ball to Jackson Smith and Jigba. Especially quick game, right? Get the ball right. to Geno's hands. Give him some confident routes. JSN can do that. Get the yards after catch up a little bit. Yeah, and, for sure. And get moving. Uh, yeah, I like that. And I think getting the ball out quickly is just going to be the, the it's key, key in general. Yeah. It, yeah. I think, yeah, I think he's the best outlet to do, so that's why I kind of picked him. Yeah. But, yeah, getting the ball quick is an underlying theme right. there. Uh, defense. got to stop the run. Yeah, because what what's, what is Cincinnati going to do to keep Joe Burrow upright? Well, not throw the ball 50 times, you know? They're going to want to run the ball with Joe Mixon. Uh, and so what you got to do is stop the run so then you can pin your ears back. If you can keep them behind the sticks, when you know Joe Burrow is going to be standing in the pocket, third and eight, third and 11, second and 14, when you know he's going to be standing there and you can pin your ears back, that's what Seattle wants. So you got to stop the run if that's what you want to do, yeah. right? If that's the way to beat Cincy, the first step to doing that is get them behind the chains by stopping the run. 100%. And I think another thing that you have to look at here is the linebackers have to play a great game because you have to be able to trust your linebackers enough to stop the run because your safeties are going to have to be playing too high almost the entire day. Because well, if, if, if you can keep guys over the top so you take away that extra read from Burrow – and don't let them beat you over the top. Yeah. So you, you can't get stretched thin like that where, you, where you're banking on stopping the run too much. The and then, oh, there goes Jamar Chase over yeah. the top for an 85-yard touchdown. Yeah, you got to win You got to win one-on-one type situations in the run box. I you know, you, gotta, you can't put eight in there and expect to be successful. You got you to be successful with six in the box. Can you? I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. All right, so we did this last week. I really liked it. Let's give, let's give some players of the game. Let's go um, 
offensive, best offensive player? Uh, well, I did take Cincy to win, and I, I think Jamar Chase had a good game. I'm going to switch it up. Give me Joe Mixon. I know I said Seattle keys to win to stop the run. I don't think they will. I think Joe Mixon's going to have a good game. I'll take him to get 125 and two touchdowns. Okay, I like that. I'm going to go a little more mainstream. I think Joe Burrow is going to have mm. a great breakout yeah. game. Kind of that turnaround game where it's like, hey, look, like – Adding to that Arizona game, we're, we're we're getting back to what we used to be, right? right. Like it's just still the same Joe Burrow. It, it we're fine, we're yeah. fine. I like uh, Joe Burrow as the offensive, now defensive. Ooh, um, I'm also gonna take a Bengal. I'm gonna go with, I am gonna go with Mike Hilton. Although he could be beat, I think Mike Hilton's gonna have two sacks today. Yeah, or not today. Uh, Sunday. Sunday. Two sacks. Okay. Mike Hilton, defensive I, player of the game. I like. Anybody, I don't know who it's going to be yet. Anybody on that defensive line for the for the Bengals? Oh, no, anybody on that pass up. rush? Uh, you could do Trey, Trey Hendrickson, um, Sam Hubbard. I thought about Hubbard. I don't know. I, it's any. It's going to be one of those guys. Whoever can mm. get the Geno, mm. whoever can help this team win. Because I'm, I'm taking two Bengals for sure. Yeah, I think um, I think the best way to kind of deceive that good young offensive line is those corner blitzes. That's why you know I'm going to I'm going to take I'm taking Mike Hilton, beat him with the speed. Yeah. All right, game prediction score. Uh, Cincinnati 24-20. All right. Fair Fairly enough. close, but uh, I don't think it's going to feel as close. I think it's going to be about 24-13 for most of the game. Late touchdown. Seattle keeps it interesting, but at the end of the day, just a little too little too late. Fair enough. Yeah. Cincinnati 29-27, my mm. prediction. Going to mm. be a real close game. I think this is going to be a battle. It's going to be a big-time running game. You're going to see some good uh, – Good air attack, right. but I think it's going to be close. I like Cincy to win. I like the Bengals. Fair That's enough. It. Game of the week. That's all. Seahawks and Bengals. Guys, go enjoy that one this weekend. Week six of the NFL going to be pretty good. I would suggest enjoying it with Scott Hansen. We don't have to watch the Steelers this week, which feels amazing, which means Red Zone is just going to be on Red the entire zone. time from 1 p.m. till it ends around 7.30 when that last 4 o'clock game finishes up. Um, but that's where you can count on finding me. Guys, that's all we have for today. So until then, go check out the website, theissuesports.com. From there, you can find all of our social medias. Go follow or subscribe wherever you listen, uh, wherever you consume our content. We appreciate it. All the links in the description of the episode as well. Platforms, social media links, website link. It's all there. Um, it's easier to find than it is not to find if you've found this video. Um, so go check it out. We really appreciate it. But, guys, we will catch you next week going over week six of the NFL and then predicting for week seven. Count on us being here. See you on Thursday. And that was the issue.